Uh, hello. 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 How's it going? Pretty good. Good. I'm kind of sick. Why? It's my immune system is crashing. I don't know. Why are you? Why? Why is it doing that? Um. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna get the rest of us sick. And then we're going to have to cancel the podcast forever. I'm getting everyone who listens to this podcast sick. That's how this works. Oh, my gosh. No. My, my cold travels through the air and the Wi-Fi, and everyone is sick now. You have the truth or dare cold. <gasps> oh, yeah. That was actually, the more I think about it, that was kind of an awesome ending to that movie. <laughs> it was a good ending. It was like, a decent movie. Except like, you know, it really, I've never seen like a main character in a horror movie's response to, like, it's hopeless and you're going to die. I've never seen their response be like, well, if I'm going down, I'm taking you all down <laughs> with me. <laughs> but like two innocent people. <laughs> the worst part about that movie is that it was called Blumhouse's Blum Truth, Truth or Dare. <laughs> I think the worst part about that movie was like the first hour and 36 minutes. That's fair. But the last I, I still think the title is worse than the first the, hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> the, the very ending was pretty good. Yeah, it was decent. For the reasons we just talked about. Yeah. That's not the movie that we watched today, though. No, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely... Oh, and thank goodness, dude. Can you imagine trying to do a freaking podcast on... Would it would be over already. We Blumhouse's just talked about it. <laughs> Blumhouse's truth or dare. Good heavens. All right, folks. Let's do this thing. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them, the only podcast on the internet where we watch a movie and then talk about it. There may be others where other people watch movies and then talk about them, but this is the only one where we do it. My name is Andrew Westensko. I am the host of this here podcast, joined at my right hand in life and in all things by Becca. Hi. 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 Hey. Great. Me. You freaked me out. You just like... It, you guys didn't see the face she made, but she made a really weird face and leaned right into her microphone and was like, hi. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't even see it. I, so. I didn't know I made a weird face. You made a weird face. <laughs> Oops. Hmm. Whatever. And at Becca's right hand and to my left is Sid. Hey. See, that was normal. Hey. Maybe a bit, you know, a bit, a bit of a lack of enthusiasm. Hey! Nice. That's what I want to hear. That's how I'm talking the whole time today. I'm looking forward to it. I am already sick of myself. (laughs) I've been feeling that way for like 15 years. So just lean into it. Only 15. Yeah. I'm going on 24 here. 24. Just like can't stand yourself. Just the second I was born, I was like, ugh, get this (laughs) over with. That's why I was born not crying. I was just already accepting my fate. And <laughs> Your parents were so stoked. They're like, we have the perfect little girl. She never cries. <laughs> I like, cry all the time now. <laughs> You're making up for it. Did yep. you cry in this movie? No. Oh. I cried in lots of movies lately, though. So. Mm. What was the most recent movie you cried in? Um, Let's see. <laughs> To look at the list of movies you uh, watched. Okja. I've heard that was like only all right. It was, yeah. Mm, but it still made you cry? Yeah. The big animal pig thing die? Mm. No. Yeah. 
but there are still some sad parts. Okay. It doesn't take much to make Sid cry. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I will talk about like probably four other movies that have made me cry at the end of the podcast. Wow. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready for that, folks. Well, um, today we are discussing... Um, I don't want to forget her name. Let's see. Today we are discussing Anna Lily Amirpour's A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. I don't know how to say that last name because she's Iranian. And I don't speak whatever language this was. Does anybody know what language this movie was in? I have no idea. Persian. Makes sense why there was a cat. Aren't cats Persian? Isn't that like a breed of cat? Like a Persian? There there are Persian cats, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but not all cats are Persian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what you're saying is all Persians are cats, but not all cats are Persians. No. No. That's not what I said either. Great. Whatever. Who cares? Uh, this movie came out in 2014. It is uh, from Iran. It's a movie about vampire girl kind of thing yeah a vampire i mean she's definitely a vampire but like is it about her probably yeah yeah, yeah. i think so yeah it's a it's a fun movie so we're gonna be talking about it today um uh, i was trying to think of anything to say without spoiling it but really let's just spoil the crap out of it yeah, let's out. go for it. Came out five years ago. You had your chance, folks. Um, but jumping into this, if you haven't seen it, uh, who would you recommend this movie to if people haven't seen it? Um, probably people who obviously are open to international movies mm-hmm. and like. I would. I wouldn't necessarily call it quirky, but a different kind of horror. It's definitely like arty. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like a weird mix between like black and white foreign drama and like spaghetti Western. Yeah. That's what the tagline was. was (laughs) Oh, was it? Iranian vampire Western. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that going in. So I was like. I didn't know it either. But I I would say like probably the best way to go into it is to hardly know anything about it. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. If you're into horror movies, uh, it's not even scary though. Mm -hmm. It's literally the only reason it's considered a horror movie is because there's a vampire. Yeah. Like it's not scary at all. There's like one scene that could be maybe classified as a jump scare. Yeah. Um, But it's good. It's arty. Has uh, an incredible soundtrack. Um, and it is just beautiful to watch. So if that sounds interesting to you, check it out because we're going to spoil the crap out of it right now. Here's how the show is going to go down. Oh, wait, first I want to talk about this. Um, this is obviously part of our ongoing series of 31 days of October. Um, it is where every year for the month of October, we dedicate ourselves to watching pretty much only horror movies. Um, in the past, we have done a calendar style with a movie assigned to each day. This year, we moved to a, kind of a film festival model. So each week of the month has a theme, and we chose four movies for each week of the month that fit into that theme. So this week's theme is called Scares Abroad, and it focuses on international horror. So we have, obviously, this movie, A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Uh, we have The Host from Korea. 
we have um, Let the Right One In from Sweden. And we have... The Babadook, right? No, that's in week five. Oh, oh okay. I knew that Let's was... Let's find out. We're going to, this is not planned, <laughs> but um, if you want to find out all of the movies that we're watching, you can go to 31daysofoctober.com where it will have all the previous and upcoming movies. Oh, we're also watching Train to Busan, Ooh, which is also from right. Korea. That's a good one. That's the other one we're watching. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is what we're looking forward to. Basically, um, the idea being here, obviously one of the greatest fears that we as human beings have is fear of the unknown. Um, and a lot of times things that are from other countries, other cultures are unknown to us. And so they come off as weird or creepy or odd. And so that's kind of the fear that we're drilling into here when we are focusing on movies from other countries, um, that discuss aspects of other cultures and things like that. So that's kind of the idea behind this week's theme. Also, I just wanted to watch some foreign horror. (laughs) Uh, Becca would not let me put uh, the original Ring or the original Grudge on here. No way. You know, I hear the wailing is supposed to be incredible. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I've been wanting to watch that one for a long time. How Uh, scary is it? I don't know. It sounds scary. I've heard it's really freaky. I'm into that. I mean, just the remakes are terrifying, so. Down. I think it's going to be really scary. The wailing. Soon after a stranger arrives in a little village, a mysterious sickness starts spreading. A policeman drawn into the incident is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. Yeah, right? Hmm. Cool. I'm in. I mean, that's just a recommend. Great. From yours truly. Yeah. Um, Once again, you can go to 31daysofoctober.com. That's the number 31daysofoctober.com. It's a website that I made. Yes. Um, and it's cool. It is cool. I'm proud of it. Uh, you can see all of the movies that we are watching this month divided up into the weeks that they belong to, as well as uh, where they are available to be streamed. So that's that. All right. Let's jump right in. Format of the show. Here's how it goes, guys. If you're new here, if you're not new here, this is going to be the same as it always is. Uh, we're going to do some hot takes where we give our quick, short, and condensed opinion on the movie at hand. Then we will do our in-depth discussion, breaking down the themes, symbolism, and emotional affect of the movie. Uh, Following that, we will do our final thoughts. Or no, following that, we will have trivia. Sid has kindly read every single item of IMDb movie trivia so that you don't have to. And she will regale us with the best of the best. After that, final thoughts. Then the movie will be rated on a scale of 1 to 10, using the only definitive way to rank movies on a scale of 1 to 10, which is the Weston scale. Then it will be placed on the scale, using an aggregate of our three answers, so that we can see how it stacks up against other movies that we have covered on We Watch Movies, and then talk about them. Following that, we will go into other topics, basically other movies that we've watched, things that we are interested in talking about, And we will uh, say now and say again later that today we bought our tickets to go see The Lighthouse. (laughs) And I am stoked. Cannot wait for that movie. All right. I'll go. I was just going to say you're probably just as excited for The Lighthouse as you were midsummer. We're just not doing a countdown. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Well, our tickets are for the 24th. Today is the 12th. So 12 days. 12 days. 
It was harder to count this one down because... I thought we were going the 25th. Oh, it was the 25th? Okay, so 13 days. Oh, okay. Whatever I said earlier when I bought the tickets. Okay. Yeah. Um, point being, The Lighthouse looks incredible. It is my number one most anticipated film of the year at this point, now that Midsummer has come out. <laughs> so let's do this. Um, let's go with some hot takes. Don't burn yourself on these hot takes. Becca, how hot is your hot take? It's pretty hot. Spicy hot yeah. take. Um, I I really, really enjoyed this movie. I think that black and white foreign films are very much growing on me. Hey! <laughs> like, Let's watch Andre Rublev again tonight. No. <laughs> that one's very hard. <laughs> we could watch the four-hour cut. No. I'm sorry. Is that the longer cut or the shorter cut? That's the longer cut. The shorter I'm... cut is barely under three. Oh, what a huge difference. That's like an hour. That movie well, was once, so hard to stay Once awake you get to in. three hours, everything more than that is nothing. Everything, it just turns into a 12-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Um yeah, I don't know. I really loved it. And I love watching black and white movies um, because I feel like, I don't know, they still like captured a lot of, not color, but just light. Like there was a lot of light in the movie. And it, I just liked that look. Like I liked the look of the black and white. And it being in a different language really didn't bother me at all. Like it wasn't a big deal. And I enjoyed it a lot. Um, also, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Under the Skin for a lot of reasons. Like, it's just this girl walking around killing guys. Yeah, this was not intentional when deciding these movies. I had not seen <laughs> I had not seen either of these movies when we picked them. So, Well, but I thought it was interesting how similar they were. And, like, it's just about her experience, like, trying to decide if, what she's doing is right, maybe, or who she should kill, or if she should not kill someone. I don't know. Like, that was just interesting to watch and compare to Under the Skin. Like, there's obviously a lot of differences, but I thought there were specific similarities. It's an interesting comparison, for sure. Yeah. So, overall, I very much enjoyed this movie. It wasn't scary at all, but I loved... Just all the quirky aspects of it, and I loved... Her, I guess we don't ever get her name, do we? Mm -mm. She's just listed as the girl. Hmm. That's cool. I thought she was a really interesting character, and I liked her relationship with uh, what's his name? A rash. A rash. You should get that looked at. <laughs> You're so funny. Oh man. Anyway, that's pretty much my hot take. I very much enjoyed it. Cool. Sid, how hot is your hot take? Mine's pretty hot. <sighs> Double spicy hot takes. Just ignore that. Okay. So. Um. <laughs> well, we don't often get double spicy hot takes from both of you guys. Yeah, we do. Yeah, me and Sid have similar tastes in things. Whatever. It's a double spicy hot take. I was excited. Okay. Tell us about it. Okay, okay. Um... Yeah, I really like this one. I was looking forward to it. I've heard about this one for a few years. Um, it wasn't anything that I expected. 
Um, it definitely had its like creepier moments. Um, but it honestly just felt more like a romance between the two main characters. And then there's also like a subplot where she's a vampire. So it's like Twilight, but good. <laughs> um, yeah, I really liked it. I thought the the black and white was gorgeous. The music really like threw me for a loop, but I loved it. Um, it kind of was like teen drama music, and I was into it, and and also just like the look of the girl, which is like this black cape, like she looked so cool, and that she wore the same shirt every single night. Yeah, I told you it's a killing shirt, <laughs> and <laughs> that she's taken down gross men, down with the patriarchy. Yes. She's dismantling the patriarchy <laughs> bit by bit the girl i guess um well guys i'm gonna do my best to not get too excited here but we got a triple spicy hot take we if very you were like at a mexican restaurant we would be <laughs> the tippy top of their ranking of spice this is as spicy as it gets wow. i think insane very insane i loved this um i didn't know what to expect going into it like literally all i knew was that it was from iran it's about a vampire and it's in black and white those are the three things that i knew about this movie when i purchased the ultra special deluxe edition <laughs> blu-ray <laughs> andrew does a lot of blind purchases i do i do i, I blind buy a lot of movies that's um, why we're broke <laughs> well, that's part of it for sure <laughs> What did we do? We like went through the shelf and pulled all the movies that I had bought in the last year. And it was like something like 50 or 60 movies in the last year. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah ridiculous. Um, point being, yeah, my uh, take on this is uh, pretty spicy. Um, I think that there are not a lot of things about this movie to dislike. I think if I was going to fault it in any way, it's that the... the uh, Narrative is a little sparse slash simplistic, but I think that the uh, the style with which it is told, and I don't mean that like, oh, this is her style. I mean, like, this movie is stylish. Like, it has this really super unique vision, I think, and it just threaded the needle between so many different things, between horror movie and Western and romance and then it tosses in all this like super cheesy music but then like other times there's like western music and at other times there's like middle eastern music and um just some of the scenes are so gutsy with just like the extent to which they just went for it and like i talked about this a few weeks ago when i talked about watching cloud atlas and not that this movie really has anything in common with Cloud Atlas, other than the fact that, like, I feel like both of those movies had an idea and had a vision and just went for it. And, like, whether that 100% comes together or not is kind of not the point to me when I watch something like this, because just seeing a filmmaker go for it like that is really exhilarating to me. And I love seeing that. And I feel like they did that in this one, where they they mixed so many different things and managed to pull it off in a way that is entertaining and is satisfying 
and I think manages to tell its story while also telling, I guess, it, it, this is one of those movies that like I was picking up on things and I'm like, am I like, am I like projecting my feelings onto this movie and pulling symbolism where it's not supposed to be pulled out of? Or like, is this movie really deep? And I'm still on the fence, but the point is, is that when you make a piece of art, whether it be a film or an album or a book, and you put it out, like it no longer belongs to you. It belongs to the audience to, I guess, derive meaning from. And if this movie got me thinking about things, then I think it was a success, whether it was the intended uh, messages or not. And I will discuss what I think those messages are. I like that thought. Yeah. Also, I am... I didn't have a problem with it, the the simplicity of the movie and the storyline. Like, if it was any longer, maybe, but I really liked that there were just a couple characters and not a super in depth story, and you just got to kind of watch people interact. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to misrepresent my feelings. Like, I I I don't think that it hurt the film. Mm-hmm. I said I think that if you were going to try and knock it on something, that would be. Yeah, like it doesn't sure. it doesn't try very hard to engage the audience if we're being honest like it mm-hmm. it requires a lot from the viewer mm-hmm. yeah and I think I think that if it were to be knocked on anything that would be the thing to knock it on luckily for the film I was super into the style of it I've talked about this before I'm a very visually driven film goer if I enjoy the visual style of something like I can just stare at it forever mm-hmm. and this film is absolutely gorgeous. Which is, again, just crazy to me that something can be so pretty that's just black and white. Um, I guess uh, we'll dive into... Uh, uh, we are transitioning into discussion mode. Um, let's talk about that. Why why it was so effective, though, the cinematography, even though it was black and white. What do you guys think? Um, I think it kind of just stripped everything down to just like this kind of bleak world where like there are some scenes where it could be super colorful like her apartment seemed like it would be really colorful or um like the the party scene where it just it feels like everything is stripped down to the basics of just the storyline and you can just really focus in on that and like you can really notice when it's bright outside or when it's dark and and she look I think she looks would look so much better in black and white than she would in color oh yeah with her cloak um yeah i just and it just kind of gave it this like creepy depressing atmosphere yeah also like thinking back to it the movie i feel like my mind like put color in certain places and on certain things like and I, I kept thinking that throughout the movie, like, oh, I bet this was this color. And then I would, like, assign it that color and keep, like, see it later on, mm-hmm. which was interesting. So it just, like. Let me ask you this. What color was his car? Green. Oh, I thought it was red. I said blue. Oh. It seemed blue to me. That's interesting. <laughs> what color is her shirt? The stripes red. of her shirt. I thought green. I again thought like a really, really deep blue, like almost black. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> what color was the blood? <laughs> <laughs> Purple. Really? I was going to say orange. Oh. No, it's blue because did you know that when your blood is on I'm gonna the inside. I'm going to unplug your microphone. I'm doing it. <laughs> well, the blood's on the inside. It's blue. 
It's not true. It's not. It's not true at all. It's not true. Hang on. What else can we? What color was the cat? Um, like orange. Yeah, I was brown. Orange. What color was the little kid's jacket? Hang on. I thought the cat was like black and white. Oh really? Yeah. I thought for sure it would be orange. Like it looked yeah. like. Like this like is a, so like a interesting. Like black with like a little brown. This is so interesting. I saw like strictly black and white on the cat. And not just because it was black and white, but like assigning colors to it. What yeah. color was the pimp sex tattoo? Black. 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 <laughs> <laughs> We're all on the same page. Good. So when we all get sex tattooed on our throat, we know what color. <laughs> yes. Glad awesome. we cleared that up. The kid's jacket, though. That's a good yeah. one. What What did you think? I saw like like green and blue and red because it was like all like flannel striped and whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just saw like like a nice green blue reddish jacket that was all beat up i got like a deep green i i don't know that's fine a lot of colors that's all right do you think arash was wearing black jeans or just like blue jeans black jeans absolutely i thought so too yeah this is the whole podcast (laughs) this is fun no it's interesting to see what like we assigned two different things um but let's jump back into the cinematography a little bit because i think that it what it what it had the potential to lack by not including color um the impact that color would have given it um was made up for in two things i think the way that it utilizes uh like direct light sources i think one of the best examples of that is when the prostitute is dancing for rash's dad and she's moving in front of and away from just that like light shining directly at the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, they do that a few times um, with just like direct light sources right at the camera to like highlight different things. And the other thing, and I think that th- the most effective piece of cinematography that this movie had was its use of reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, there are so many instances where we're given more depth of the image based on a reflection of something. I'm thinking back to when he steals the earrings. You can see the light reflecting off of the earrings and shining up onto his face. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of, I think the most impactful one is obviously the disco ball at her house mm-hmm. um, when it's you know spinning around and, but just the way that um, reflection is utilized. I think it really gives gives the scene some more depth in a way that color had the potential to, but I think it was a smart decision to, like you guys said, strip it back to its basics and let really that lighting shine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and I, I like what you said too, Sid, that it just like strips it down and you get the story for what it is mm-hmm. and, you can imagine it however you want to imagine it and it gets to be what you want it to be. Like all of those colors are right because it's what we thought. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And I think um, like what the black and white does is it makes you pay attention to different things where like, like you said, the scene where the sex worker is dancing, like I was noticing like you could see her hairs on her arms and Oh my gosh, that scene was so gorgeous. And then one of my favorite scenes was just when um a rash is just like tripping on 
X at the party and it's just like it would be like black but you can just barely see the outline of his head mm-hmm. that was great scene I do like how they use they would like fuzz things out some like make things blurry mm-hmm. to highlight different things mm-hmm. there's that scene it was just incredible that long take of um the prostitute and was it his dad yeah walking down the street yeah yeah so like they're on opposite or no not the prostitute it's uh the vampire and his dad on opposite sides of the street yeah. do you know what i'm talking about uh-huh. yeah and it's just this long take of them moving together and the focus kept shifting from her to him yeah. back and mm-hmm. forth and that scene was so cool as far as like using the focus of the frame to uh I guess increase the tension of the scene. Mm-hmm. I also, th- I guess this is a bit off topic, but I think that scene shows, uh, like how she, like the tactics that she uses to, like find her next prey of like following and copying what they're doing. Like she doesn't just attack someone; she like she only attacks people who will come closer to her except for the homeless guy guy. well yeah he just got it coming (laughs) but i think it's also sorry to cut you off no you're good um but like it seems like she is like trying to protect certain people like she's obviously trying to protect the sex worker because she, she kills the pimp she kills um his dad um so i kind of almost feel like it was like her motivate motivation was to help this other woman and then kind of like a rash came in and like he was also kind of became part of it too i think that i i absolutely agree with you i think that she was going after uh people who were abusing positions of power Mm -hmm. um to make other people either uncomfortable or unsafe yeah and she was like just trying to make sure that like when she was talking to the little boy and she's like are you a good boy like she's just like making sure that people are like being genuine like not dicks you know yeah i mean she's still a vampire yeah yeah (laughs) no and that i guess jumping right into that um that connects directly to what i think was um probably the most obvious and largest theme uh going throughout the movie which is um kind of the inversion of your typical power structure and that was really what her mission was whether she was conscious of it or not like that was that felt to me like her character's drive she was the embodiment of uh, essentially the patriarchy falling right yes and you can laugh yeah (laughs) that's a joke of ours outside the podcast but the point being that that's uh, that's really what she was she was this embodiment of uh, empowerment for women who are, you know, beat down by men who, especially over in the Middle East, obviously are given intense control over the lives of women. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that even even the title hints at that, like even taking something um, that would typically be you know, a really scary thing for a woman, you know, walking home alone at night in a town literally called Bad City mm-hmm. and flipping that, like even just the act of her out walking alone, scaring men, 
like even that is flipping the typical power structure and allowing her to use that walk home alone at night as um kind of a method of empowerment Mm -hmm. uh that was really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah i just punched my microphone (laughs) and i think that it goes um you know several levels deeper than that because i think that it by including a rash, they're not just talking about women, but they're talking about anybody who is beat down and Mm -hmm. abused and allows somebody else to have, you know, power over them in their life Mm -hmm. because a rash is also, um, able to be liberated by her actions Mm -hmm. basically. And so like, that's why I think the title is so interesting because you hear it the first time and you think that it's going to be about a girl walking home at night. And even just hearing that title, you assume that she gets attacked and something bad happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's the reverse. She is out walking alone at night hunting people. Mm-hmm. So. Now, every time that I have to like walk home from campus and it's late, I'm just going to take a cloak with me. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so I can just stalk boys. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds like a great way to spend your time. Because I had to throw yeah. out my pepper spray, so now I have to do something You had something to throw else. out your pepper spray? Yeah, we were going to Six Flags, and like as we were in line, I had my keys with me, and it was on my key ring. They were like, no pepper spray. Oh. So what, Six Flags thinks it's just perfectly safe? They're like, no, we don't need that here. I guess so. But they wouldn't turn down a cloak. No, no. <laughs> no way. Yeah. You could wear a cloak. That's all you need. Yeah. Well, and even that, like, even uh, where... Again, in the Middle East specifically, like clothing is used mm-hmm. as such an important method of controlling women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's not out doing it in like, you know, a sports bar or something like mm-hmm. she's in this clothing that would, again, typically be a sign of oppression mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she's flipping it. Yeah. And yeah. I think it also kind of plays into like she's wearing this this cloak and it kind of makes her seem like meek and not really someone to be afraid of so i feel like it kind of helps um her gain trust of her victims where it's like she's just some girl walking like and then she eats you sometimes she'll bite your finger off first cool and then make you eat it yeah that was kind of weird <laughs> real gross um but yeah i appreciated that theme and kind of that vibe throughout the movie that like Again, it's like, it's interesting as well. I guess I'll talk about the other, the other theme that I picked up on. And this was admittedly more abstract, I guess, and less directly hinted at, but I appreciated it nonetheless, um, was the focus on, um, her vampirism versus that of humanity in general, that obviously a vampire needs to uh kill other people to survive and it was never clear like if she needed to drink blood or if it was just like simply a method Mm -hmm. of cleaning up the streets essentially or whatever but there were a few interesting cuts between her and um specifically like the oil wells like the idea being that like we generally consider vampires to be something that's evil and um you know, should be killed and it's a monster because it feeds on people and all that kind of thing. But like we do the same thing to people and to the planet. And I like the reason, like I said, that hinted at me was like just some interesting cuts between her and the oil wells. 
like the direct visual comparison between you know pumping blood out of the body and pumping oil out of the earth mm-hmm. and i totally didn't catch that yeah, but i didn't catch that either. i like it that's cool and also the fact that like you know one of the main characters is a prostitute and her pimp like the exploitation of people as well as the exploitation of the planet mm-hmm. being that like that kind of exploitation and abuse is completely normalized because it can be extended to any really like employer employee relationship mm-hmm. as well as like our relationship to the earth, like stripping it of its resources. And well, and even a rash and his dad, I feel like like a rash thinks that he's like tied down and he's ha- he has to take care of his dad and, give him all these things and loses his car because of it. Like because of drugs, mostly like a rash's life is getting ruined too, even though yeah. he's not the one using. Yeah. So even, I guess you could even talk about like jumping back to our previous theme. Like you can even talk about like the power structure of drugs where like drugs have control over your life. Yeah. If you partake frequently and mm-hmm. have an addiction. Oh, and jumping back to that really, sorry, re- rewinding really quick. Um, kind of what tipped me off that that was going to be a theme early on. I thought it was really, uh, interesting. Just the opening scene that you see a rash and he's, you know, leaned up against this wall smoking. He looks totally badass, right? Mm-hmm. Goes, gets this cat, walks home, treats the little kid like trash. Like you think, oh, this guy's hard. Like mm-hmm. this guy's cool. And then like five minutes in, it's just him getting bullied yeah. by this other guy. And you're like, oh shoot. Like turns out he's not like a big man or a bad guy or whatever. Like, I don't know. Like that, that instantly tipped to me. I was like, Oh, okay. So he is not in charge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that, that, I guess that got me watching who was in charge in each situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And pointed me in that direction. It's just smart writing. I think to get your mind focusing on that idea. Yeah, definitely. Which, again, for the story being so simplistic, like this, the writing is really smart, mm-hmm. I think, to to get your mind onto where the movie is trying to put your mind. Yeah. And there's not a lot of dialogue, really. No, there's really not. So it's all contextual. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. Those are my two big takeaways as far as theme go were mm-hmm. like power structure and exploitation of people and of the planet. That, like, again, we we see it as evil if it's a vampire doing it. But where we do it every single day, it's just totally normalized. But, like, it's still probably not great. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I do think, jumping back to her vampirism, um, I do think she needs to drink blood. I think that's the main reason why she killed the homeless guy mm-hmm. is because she needed blood. And, like, we never see her eat anything else like there was that one scene where the sex worker offered her some food well she buys her a hamburger but she doesn't need it oh yeah that's true so i do think she does need it because i her character she wouldn't just go kill a homeless guy like that i don't think yeah yeah i don't think so either um let's talk about the music i i loved it every single Oh, it was so good. Absolutely the best part of the movie. It I was think. just like, it didn't fit at all, but it also fit super well. Yeah. Well, I feel like it almost made it like more relatable somehow. That's like, exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. It, it grounds it in a way that we see, because you compare this to something, well, no, no, it's a bad comparison. 
compare it to something like uh, Under the Skin, if you want, right? Uh-huh. Where, like, it's this really foreign story because mm-hmm. vampires and aliens and all of this is really foreign to us. Uh-huh. But by, even if they weren't super popular songs or songs that I think any of us knew, having this really modern touch to the music rooted this in reality mm-hmm. she puts on a record and it's a song that i'm like i could hear this on the radio yeah yeah and i'm like or, i love this song yeah, yeah. Like, where she talks about listening to lionel richie yeah where it's like i mean it it feels almost entitled where it's like oh i felt more connected to this because they had more like kind of americanized music but i think it I mean, it can connect a lot of people where, like, these are, like, popular songs, but, like, anyone can relate to a lot of these songs, you know? Yeah, for sure. But it's, like, also different where it's exposing you to different things where, like, the melody of one song could sound like something that you would just find on, like, Discover Weekly, but the lyrics are in a different language. But it's still, like, you're like, oh, I really like this. Yeah. I think the other purpose that it serves, aside from grounding the world is it inherently provides depth to the characters who admittedly are not fleshed out by the story itself. Mm-hmm. Because you think about the music that each character is associated with, right? Like we go to the pimp's house and we commented on this while watching it, but he has like the single most boring, bland electronica going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And so like you think that just pushes into your head like, oh, he's basic. And he's like jamming along with it. But it's like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, this is just boring. But then you finally get invited. Or I mean, even the first time that we see her, she's down in her house uh-huh. listening to music. And, you know, she takes down a rash and puts on this poppy love music. And it's like it, it inherently provides depth to her character. Mm-hmm. By you think about it, you're like, oh, she's this vampire, but she's listening to cool music. Like, yeah. all right, cool. Like, it makes you, is it not only grounds the world, but it makes her more relatable and also provides depth to her character that the story itself does not. Well, and I think it helps drive the story because, I mean, maybe it's a bit on the nose, but like you hear a love song and you can tell, like, they're not talking, but they're starting to crush on each other and even like the very last scene when they're in the car like up until the very last scene um there's like a lot of tension between them and you don't know what's going to happen after he sees the cat and like starts to piece things together and it's not until um they're in the car he gets out and then gets back in and puts on like like a rock song and they like look at each other and that like without talking like that drives the story and helps us and that's such a it's done in such a smart way too because it shows from the front and you see him reach over and you don't you hear a you hear a latch come open and i legit thought that he was opening her car door i did too i thought he was gonna push i thought he was opening like the glove box and like would have a gun or something that was my second thought yeah yeah, like i ran through a lot of things really quickly like i heard the latch unlock but you don't see what he's opening so i thought first he was opening her door to kick her out yeah Then it goes over and it shows the glove box. And I think, oh, it's going to be some sort of weapon. Mm -hmm. And then he pulls out the cassette tape. And I'm like, oh, shoot, he's okay with it. Like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the music kind of just like fills in the gaps where exposition isn't isn't letting you know what's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, the music 
such again such smart choices but such unusual choices Mm -hmm. just like another example of where they just went for it yep and it works and it could have fallen completely on its face but it doesn't yeah I, i think that's cool that like we didn't need any dialogue for the last five minutes yeah but we still understood exactly what was happening yeah and you know the conflict that was going on in his head and yeah all of that. I thought, that, and even still, I thought she was going to kill him when he came back and was like, we have to go pack your stuff. Yeah. And she like changed into her. Yeah. She changed her into shirt. her killing yeah. shirt. It's like, oh, I have no idea where this is going to go. Yeah. I guess that was another thing that was really satisfying about it is like, it was, it was really unpredictable. Uh-huh. I know. And even like when they were in the room, when Arash was in her room for the first time and she like grabs his head and leans it back. Oh, that's such and a great just, shot. That's yeah. such a great shot. I and love, then she just leans into yeah. his chest. Yeah. yeah. Ah. I think that's probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. That was my favorite too. That, like the uh, way I, that he just looks, yeah. she looks at his neck and yeah. then decides not to. But I wasn't was, even, I wasn't even going to ask what everybody's favorite scene was. Cause I assumed yeah. it was. Okay, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just, ugh. and it's just like the music is going and like, he just like slowly comes in and like, I was like, is she going to kill him? Is she going to kiss him? And like, and how slowly she turns away yeah. from the record player and towards him, oh like. Gosh. And the disco ball still going in yep. the background. Oh my oh. gosh! Even that, like, again, I might be reading into it too, like, too much, but like that slow turn, like, I think that's her. Kind of internally, um, you know, she has made her life about this music, basically, and lived very much inside of herself. Mm-hmm. And I think that that turn and the reason that it takes so long is she's almost fighting against herself to open up to something external, mm-hmm. which is a rash, um, whereas she has for so long just been inside of herself. Yeah. Yeah, where she's like kind of starting to trust someone. Yeah. Where it's very obvious that she's been alone like her whole life. Yeah. And even their interaction on the street beforehand, like when he's like, I'm Dracula. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And the, and that was also her deciding to like bring him back and say, yeah. you can't sit here. I have a place. Come sit there. Yeah, true. I don't know. You can just like see her thinking while she's like trying to decide. Is this someone I kill or not? Yeah. She does give a great performance too, just mm-hmm. across the whole movie. Absolutely. With, like, almost no like overacting. Like yeah. she's just like standing there. I would say probably like one of the few times where she's like really acting. It's like when she's talking to the little boy. It's so well done. That was a good the, Her voice there all sing songy. Uh, yeah, and, and like, it was, they also had like they did some modulation it. on oh, it. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, she was great. I mean, I really thought that like Pretty much everyone was really good in this, especially yeah, the pimp. I love him. <laughs> Such an idiot. I can change him. You think so? Yeah. You can bring well, him back to dead, the light. So. Yeah, he's missing a finger. In the next life. In the next <laughs> life. Yeah. You're gonna convert that pimp in the next life. Yeah. Okay. I'll get to heaven. And I'm like, where is he? I need him. <laughs> and God will be like, he's been waiting for you. <laughs> still has sex tattooed on his neck (laughs) yep um one question i have it was a gorgeous scene what was the deal with the lady dancing with the balloon that was my question at the end of the movie i 
I don't know what it represented. I thought that maybe it was his mom, but she didn't really look like the pictures of his yeah. mom. No. I I mean, I looked at the comic that you had that came with the DVD, mm-hmm. and there was like one little scene where someone was um, harassing like a transgender man. Or, um, so I'm kind of wondering if that's supposed to be the same character, because like we can't really... I can't exactly tell what the gender is of that character, but like the yeah. makeup is very painted on. So I'm wondering yeah. if it's supposed to be the same character and could be maybe she is freed because the girl killed this harasser. I don't know. Maybe, but it was a really cool scene. It's a gorgeous scene. It I did not understand of, it at all. Um, yeah. Is it? I don't know what movie it is. Some really artsy movie. I can't think of it now. Don't listen to me. Great. That's really easy to narrow down, though, from that. Yeah. It's some really artsy movie. It's, <laughs> it's, is it 400 Blows? Let me see. Have you seen that? No. Oh. I want to, though. I've heard it's good. Okay. Well, Sid looks that up. Um, is there anything else that you want to bring up, Becca? Um, I don't think so. I feel like I've covered everything that I love. I th- I think I was just really surprised by this movie. Agreed. Like, it was way better than I was expecting. And not that I was expecting it to be bad, but... I think none of us knew what to expect. Yeah. It just was so... I don't know. It said a lot, and it was gorgeous, and it's really good. Awesome. Yeah. Any luck, Sid? Maybe. Hold on. I've covered everything that I want to talk about, so... Yeah, I don't have anything else to talk about. Okay. I have no idea what movie I'm thinking of. Sorry. Don't That's all good. Edit all that out. Cut me out of the podcast. Oh, no. Sid. <laughs> I quit. Done. You're fired. Get out of here. Okay. See ya. No. Um, all right. So then trivia. Was there any good trivia? Um, yeah, there were quite a few. Um, there were only like 13. Or I guess what but... I will say now is that concludes our discussion. Yes. We'll um, then move on to trivia, Sid. To It's my time to shine. <laughs> um, director um, Anna Lily Amapur. Um, she bears a, a similar resemblance to the girl, and she actually performed the skateboarding shots because she is a lifelong skateboarder. I love that. <laughs> so, <laughs> while we were talking about it in the movie, I came up with they have to change the name of the movie now. It's now the girl who shred home shreds home alone at night. <laughs> And it's perfect. Thank you. You can pay me $8 million. Um, This was actually shot in California, despite the setting being Iran. Um, The cat was not originally written in the script, but they were so impressed with its skills that they put it in the film. And... Oh, wait. I have a question. So, do we assume that she like sees through the eyes of the cat that's kind of what i was that's thinking that's the vibe that i got that, like, okay. she just like has a connection okay that's I, I mean i kind of assumed it was like she has a connection with all animals but we only see it with the cat okay and also i really liked the cat it was really fat and i loved it <laughs> it's really cute <laughs> um director also had another cameo as sharin um who was the party girl with the skeleton makeup Mm. And this is the first vampire story set in the Middle East. Hmm. And that's my trivia for you. That's cool. Yeah, good trivia. Thank you, thank you. All right. Um, so, let's get into it. Becca, 
your final thoughts and rating out of 10. Um, I feel like I just gave my final thoughts. I loved it. <laughs> the music is great. The acting is great. The story is great. I liked it way more than I was expecting to like it. And I feel like my rating could go up later, but I'm going to give it an 8.9. It was a very, very good movie. Sid? Um, yeah, I don't have too much else to say. Uh, just this movie took me completely by surprise. I loved everything about it. Um, yeah, really just like an interesting look at the vampire genre. Um, I'm going to give this one an 8.8. Right on. Uh, yeah, again, I don't know that I have anything else to say. Um, I loved this movie. I am actually kind of excited to watch it again. Same here. Mm-hmm. And I just want to rewatch the scene where they're in her apartment like 18 times. It's just two. on YouTube. Well, that's what I'm doing tonight. Great. I am rating this one an even 9.0. Nice. Giving us an aggregate score of 8.9. That puts it on par with Annihilation and Snowpiercer. Wow. Sounds about right. Uh, because Sid rated Annihilation an 8.5 for some unknown okay. freaking reason. Let me rewatch it and revise, all right? Okay. I was young and immature and stupid, and this was a year ago. I've grown a lot since then. It's true. <laughs> we all have. Go listen to our old episodes, and I'm sure they're cringy. Ooh, I don't. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Even just like thinking about this coming out a week from now, I'm just like, I don't. I don't. Uh, this comes out like three days from now. Even then, I'm like, I'm a different person now. I don't. I don't know who this girl is. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, so that concludes our discussion. Um, moving on. Oh, I guess what we're going to talk about now is any of the movies that we've watched. We're going to talk about how we bought tickets for the Lighthouse on October 25th. Very excited for that. Um, but yeah, if this is where you leave us, we understand. Um, you can get in contact with us, contact at wewatchpodcast.com. That is our email. You can also slide into the DMs on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at wewatchpodcast. And that's that. So what other movies have we watched? Just one other movie. Unless we count all the movies in October. Yeah, we'll count them. Uh, we went and saw Joker. We did go see Joker. At Cinerama in Seattle. We did. It What'd was amazing. Think? I loved it. Good. I really liked it. It was a lot. Oh, yeah. But I I absolutely loved it. Like, the acting specifically was incredible. Yeah. I feel like I need to go see it again mm-hmm. to be able to really uh, stand by this statement. But I'm going to make it anyway. I think it's in contention right now with Midsummer. Wow. For my favorite of the year. Wow. I mean, definitely performance-wise, incredible. I know a lot of people like have a problem with the message that it sends, but that's because oh my gosh. I mean, it's uh oh. <laughs> Andrew's about to rant. Prepare yourself. It's just like just because a piece of media contains something does not make it an endorsement of that thing. <laughs> well, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> Like, I I mean, like, I can, the violence in it is very brutal. I don't think it's really making a statement. It's a movie about 
one of the greatest supervillains of all time. So, of course, it's going to be, like, showing the supervillain is prevailing mm-hmm. and is successful because this is his story. We're not going to be watching a movie about the Joker and at the end he gets defeated by Batman. Because there's no Batman in this movie. That's yeah. what makes it so scary. There's no hero. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, yeah, I really, really liked it. Seriously, that's my honest... that like. Honest to goodness, that is my biggest pet peeve when it comes to talking about this movie is that people think because the Joker is like the main character of the movie and he's a total piece of garbage, spoiler alert, that the movie is an endorsement of being a total piece of garbage. But like you can show a character's journey and not endorse that character's actions. It's not saying, yep, murder yeah. is good. It's obviously it's not, and the mm-hmm. the, movie, the movie is not saying that. It's saying the complete opposite. It's yeah. showing you, like, it's just people who can't handle being uncomfortable. Yeah, and they think that because it's a movie about a superhero or a, a comic book character, that it's going to be a freaking Marvel movie, and it's not. And it was never meant to be, and it was never advertised as that. Well, it's so much more grounded than any other yes comic book movie I've seen, and it just like. And that's what makes it so terrifying is that like everything that happens could very easily happen in the world today. Yeah. That like, like a mental illness, serious mental illness gone unmedicated mixed with a crazy amount of childhood trauma and abuse. Like just real Let's avoid spoilers as much as we can. Oh yeah. But yeah, I think that we could do a whole episode on this easily, but I think that. I guess the the question that I came out of it with is like, if it's not telling a comic book story, why take place in the Batman universe, right? Yeah. But it's it, the movie is so smart in the way that it leverages our existing understanding of Gotham City mm-hmm. to provide depth and exposition to the film that it doesn't have to take the time to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it takes place in a comic book universe is because all it's doing is leveraging our existing understanding of that universe to give the world more depth. Yeah. But it is not, I don't even consider it a comic book movie. Like it does. It's just, it's a character drama. Yeah, definitely. And one of the most, like one of the more horrific movies I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like absolutely like definition of horror. Mm-hmm. And not because there's ghosts or possession, but because what takes place in that movie is absolutely horrific and yeah. like chills you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we like had to sit with it for like a good hour before we were talking about it. Yeah. yeah. So we saw Joker. Yeah. Said so you saw Joker. Yes, I did. Um, we watched a few other movies too. Are we gonna save them? No, we'll just do it. it didn't matter. Okay. Um. I watched Heat. Oh, what'd you think? It was good. Yeah. That I was one it. that like I liked it, but like Yeah, it was fine. It didn't quite live up to you know. The performances were good, the writing was less so, and the action was really good. Yeah. So there's that. Um we watched It Follows, It Comes at Night, and The Fly for thirty one days of October. We'll be talking about those at another juncture, but I do want to mention that we watched them. Oh. And that's what we've watched, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sid, what do you got? Um, I've watched quite a few really good ones. I've been 
really getting going on my uh, my list for this year. Yeah, you don't have a lot of time left. I know. I've been stressed out. Um, so we're putting the pause on Parks and Rec for the moment. <laughs> um, but we watched Psycho. Was that your first time seeing yeah, it? Oh time. boy, what did you think? I loved it. It's incredible, I right? I thought it was so good. I mean, absolutely like holds up. I just almost ripped my headphones off my head. Yikes. Anyway, um, like even 60 years later and knowing pretty much everything about the movie, it was so interesting to watch. Super holds up. That last yeah. scene of him, like, Where, just he staring. would never hurt oh a fly. Gosh. Like the delivery on that. Oh my gosh. Everything about it was so good. Um, yeah, we watched that. Um, watched Leon the Professional. How was that? It was pretty good. It wasn't as good as I was expecting, but okay. it was still... Um, Good performances. Um, Natalie Portman's first role. She's great, as we know. Um, for my film class, we are in our like non-traditional narrative. So we watched um, this documentary, Heart of a Dog, which, first off, it's a documentary about a woman just like talking about like her beloved dog. And I just knew from the get-go that I was going to be crying in it, which I did. <laughs> but it was... <sighs> Like, I was not super excited for it because it's non-traditional, so it was, like, weird kind of artsy stuff. But as soon as they put it on and I saw the Criterion logo, I was like, I am all in. Let's get it going. And I cried, and I loved it, and I was really mad at everyone in the class because they didn't like it at all. Yeah. There's a, a <coughs> Russian film from the 50s, I think, that's called Heart of a Dog as well. Mm-hmm. So every time that I am like browsing Criterion and I see that, I'm like, oh, is this on here? Because it's really funny. Yeah. Basically, the the Russian movie is kind of a dramedy uh-huh. um, where uh, this homeless guy dies and he gets taken in by a doctor mm-hmm. who replaces his heart with a dog's heart. And so then the guy comes back to life because now he has a working heart. Yeah. But he just starts like acting more like a dog. Uh-huh. It's really funny. Yeah. I mean, I would <laughs> really recommend it if you're kind of open to weird experimental. Like it's weird, but just like kind of the the questions that the um, director poses are really interesting and interesting thoughts to kind of just ponder over. Okay. Um, and I saw Hustlers, which was fine. We almost went and saw it. It was like, I mean, there were a lot of boobies for sure. Gosh darn it. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just like, it just like wasn't as fun as I thought it was going to be. It just like turned more into just like a a crime drama, which was good, but I just wasn't expecting that. But I will say that Lizzo's like three minutes on screen were amazing. How was Cardi B? She was pretty good. Was she? And I'm like not a huge fan. She's only in it for like two scenes. Oh, bummer. She was pretty fun. Yeah. Lizzo and Cardi B. Great. Love them. <laughs> Freaking yeah. snapshot of 2019, that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much all I've been watching. Great. Yeah, we've been pretty hard focused on horror. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think is that everything? That's I think everything. so. Great, folks. Well, that concludes this episode of We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them. Again, if you want to get in contact with us, we'd be happy to hear from you for any reason. You know, comments, questions, suggestions, whatever. We're happy to hear it. Uh, you can email us at contact at wewatchpodcast.com. Or you can slide into the DMs. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at we Watch Podcast. Um, but yeah, that'll do it. We thank you. We love you. We'll catch you on the next one where we will be discussing... 
The Shining. <gasps> yes. Yeah, we're doing The Shining next week. So we stoked about that. But we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. Keep listening. Tell your mom about the podcast. Have your mom tell her mom. And have your mom's mom tell her mom. All the moms. We're going for the mom demographic here. If you have to, use a Ouija board. Let them know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you could just like lay some AirPods on a Ouija board with us playing. <laughs> that'd be great. Okay. My name is Andrew. I'm Becca. I'm Sid. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye.